Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. And by Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with creative business consultant Aileen Bennett. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Aileen Bennett. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Many of us aspire to a life in the arts. For evidence of that, you only have to look at the massive popularity of long-running shows like American Idol and The Voice. Apparently, competitive sketching does not make compelling viewing, so we don't see TV shows about visual artists. But there are many people who have dreams about being able to make a living from their painting or drawing. Both of my lunch guests today are throwing everything they've got into making a living from their talents as artists. Kayla Zeke is a visual artist, a designer and an illustrator. Kayla is also the owner of the store Matthias Hand, which you can find on Etsy and downtown in Lafayette, where she sells her paintings, drawings and wide range of unique and often quirky greetings cards. Kayla, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi, thanks for having me. Brandy Cabot has quite a niche. She works with local ad agencies to help clients with smaller budgets so that they can still have professional marketing, design and web services. Brandy started in newspaper ad sales and learned to design ads for clients and her band back in the day when she was in an all-girl band called St. Cecilia. Brandy, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi and thank you for having me. Kayla. It's tough to make a living as a visual artist, but you've managed to find a way by going to retail market conventions and getting your greetings cards carried by stores across the country and even in Japan. In other words, you're successfully wholesaling and you have an online store. These days, another occupation that's just about as difficult as making a living in the arts is retail. So what made you open a retail store? Um, I say it was my start at Red Air Workshop. Like I've worked retail for most of my life and been like a salesperson and it kind of opened up these ideas that I was making art like my whole life drawing and painting and it kind of opened me up to the idea of what wholesaling is and that you can get your goods carried in shops which I had no idea I was like what because you were selling other people's cards yeah I was selling other people's cards and then the owners were like um, you should sell your cards here. You can totally make things that we can carry in our shop. And I was like, what? Are you all sure? And they're like, yeah, we see you doodling all the time behind the desk. Like, why don't you make some cards? Um, so that's where I got my start. They were the first uh, people who carried my cards in their store. And then I started just popping up at markets after that, uh, local markets, driving out to New Orleans. Um, and then that's when I started going to trade shows, and it, it grew from there. And you went to a trade show in New York. Yeah, that was like my first trade show was the National Stationery Show. Stop at the biggest. Yeah, I was like, of course, I have to go do this right now. Um, And so I did that my first year of being in business and drove up to New York and like popped up in this giant convention center with like every car company known to man. It was crazy. But uh, I did really well. I got good response. I think I was genuine and I was myself. I was nervous, but like... People liked my goods and they loved my cards and that's how I started getting out into like the United States and even globally. Uh, I got carried in Japan by like 13 stores. Uh, Itoya like found me. But even then you could have made a nice living just wholesaling. Yeah. Retail on top of that. I know. I don't know actually. I mean I'm still like asking myself that question like I just feel compelled to do it. It's it's strange how like my gut is just telling me like this is okay. Do this. It never feels like 
I don't know, a bad decision. It feels like I need to be doing this. So now you sell your own cards and you sell yes. other people's work. Yes, and I've always been that kind of person. Like, even when I was first starting out and I would have markets at my house, I loved pulling in other artists and being as inclusive as possible because the idea is that if I'm selling my goods and I'm succeeding, I want to see other artists as well because we all can come together and make the community better and richer and full of art. So I've always been about, like, including other artists with my work. Randy, you're actually a third-generation marketer with a background in sales, so you're just the person to answer a question that we get asked a lot. What is the difference between marketing and sales? Well, my dad always says that marketing is the transferring of, of, of excitement to another person. It, it's, getting, it's getting the psychology behind the sale. Sales, sales is more of a personality. You can, you can be a salesperson and not know anything about how markets work. If you have a certain type of personality and you have a hunger to close deals and, and you really want to you know, go out there and, and catch as many fish as you can, that is a personality type and I don't have it. I, I tried being in sales forever and I did it for nine years and once I found out that there was this whole other side of it, it was like, oh, I can do this. But I, I'm now more focused on the psychology behind the sale, getting people to um, notice you at every every point of uh, contact with your business and making sure that those are positive points of contact. And I think that's more what marketing is, is a feeling. I love that, the transferring of excitement. Does that mean you always have to be excited about the thing that you're actually working with? I think so. I think that you have to be excited about selling something or you're not going to do a very good job at sale. I think it's a lot easier to sell something when you care about it and you think it's a good product. And I say all the time, you know, you've got companies that have terrible logos, terrible marketing, terrible branding. They have a wonderful product, though, and they do great. They do it all the time. There's businesses you drive up and down Johnson Street where they haven't redone their sign in 30 years, and they're doing fine. But you can't have a great logo and a terrible product. And that's where I think marketing comes in. I don't think you can stay in business even if you do all the correct steps in order if you don't have that good product. As Kayla said earlier, the way that all the creative people in town work together, and you often work with ad agencies who are really your competitors, but you work with them and you all help each other. And I, you know, and it's funny, I have a really weird business model and, and we watch a lot of Planet Earth in my house. And, I, and I've, seen, I've seen this comparison lately, I've been watching and in the wild, whether it's birds or in the ocean, whether it's fish, you've got these smaller animals that hang around with these really big animals. And there's nothing between them. There's no, you know, there's a big whale and a tiny fish that hang out together. No sharks in between them. And, and that's kind of where I am in my business is I like to hang out with these larger agencies that have 17, maybe 27 employees. They have a lot more overhead than I do. And so they can't afford to take on smaller projects. But I believe that every company, whether you're a small law firm or a little bitty restaurant, I think every restaurant, every type of business needs to be able to have access to the same marketing tools and the same um, you know, same consultation and all that stuff. And that's all I'm trying to be, and it's great because I don't have any competition. I work with whoever my competitors are. We call each other on a weekly basis. And, you know, the, there's plenty of fish in the sea, is my, is my point. Kayla, how do you divide your time between the creative and the business? Or is it all the same thing? <sighs> oh, no, it's definitely not the same thing. <laughs> I have to do business. I don't really all of the time enjoy that side of things because it's work. It's like, I mean, sure, creativity takes work as well, but it's different sides of my brain so oftentimes I'm having to divide myself where I'm like okay we're gonna like right now today I'm like we're taking care of business today we're focusing on building we're focusing on uh, you know bills or like making sure everything's in place because like, you have wholesale business and you have sales tax to pay oh yeah so yeah oh man taxes I'm like oh yes invoicing and then I'm doing freelance commissions 
like I'm getting hired, like I just got hired to design a tattoo for someone, you know, so it's stuff like that that's coming in. So I'm doing freelance design work or I'll do graphic design work as well and then painting. And then I still, on top of all this, want to be creating my paintings, which are just for myself. And that's just like my they're kind just of emotional for yourself, but release. they're on sale in your store as right. well. Yes, and so, but I don't. Want, I didn't want to put pressure on selling my paintings, uh, especially coming out of college, um, because I, I wanted to have my business, and that was like my greeting cards and wholesale and graphic design work. But my paintings could be something that was just for me that I could just. Fine art is so different than it commercial is. art. I didn't want to have to put that pressure to sell them and like have to like. I don't know, maneuver that way with my work where I'm like, oh, I need to sell this. So I have to like do it this way. I want to make sure I had complete free reign over it. And it's funny, as creative people, a lot of people start off and it's a side hustle and then it becomes their main, their main yeah, hustle. Yeah, that's what main But hustle. they still do something even more creative as a side hustle. Brandy, you play music. Yes, I've played music uh, since 1990. So I guess that it's 29 years this year. That's crazy, uh, but yeah, I don't play for professionally anymore. But yeah, I still I still practice that guitar three or four hours a week, and uh, I haven't this week because it's Mardi Gras. But uh, but yeah, it's it's it, you you find I found always um, that if you don't have that creative outlet. So when I worked in in jobs that did not cr- cr- you know creatively fulfill me, I did a lot more of the music stuff and the drawing and the sketching. But now that I'm creative all day long, I don't need that outlet as much. And so I do find myself playing a little bit less music because it, for me, music was always a way to wind down after a boring day at so the So let's office. talk about every creative person's favorite subject, money. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brandy, if you only work for smaller clients, how do you make enough money to sustain your business? Well, I think you have to start out with... Um, with some realistic goals and say, you know, do I want to become a big company that hires people that creates jobs? You have to, to put that in your blueprint, and that's never what I wanted. I always, I always wanted to um, be the the one stop shop for my clients, where I could do everything from photography to um, just to talking about social media and coming up with ideas for content and and build them a, a beautiful website. And so I worked for a couple of different agencies and kind of learned all those components over the years and then said, okay, I want to do this for people like my mom and dad who have a small billing company or, you know, I have a, I have a, small, I have a small company out in Henderson that does swamp boat tours. And, and these people can't cut a check for 20 grand to an ad agency every month. They just don't have that kind of sales. But for me, it's like, this is enough money. I'm making enough money. I'm happy with the amount of money I make. And the more I say that, the more money comes. And it's it's amazing. When I wanted it, it wouldn't come. It just wouldn't. Yeah. That's, that's, that's how what it I works. Say. Money will come. That's what I always say because I am I have such anxiety over money. Like, I've always Me been. Too. I was raised a penny pincher. I think pincher. we all do. Yeah, I was raised, like, so frugal. Like, I remember I had a savings account when I was five kind of thing <laughs> and, like, never wanted to spend money. Um, and so, like, spending money gives me anxiety sometimes. And I've had to learn to, like, just relax and be like, money will come. And as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing and it feels right and I'm working hard, it does. It, does it really come. does fall out and of do the you sky. Have, like, yeah. I know, Brenda, you have set prices. You even have your prices on your website. Do you have set prices for things, Kayla? So if somebody comes to you for a tattoo, do you know what you're going to charge them? Yeah, at first it was, like, pretty random. I was like, ah, but I've, like, I have quite a few friends who are designers. And so I oftentimes, like, inquire with my friends. Or I'll go, I'll try to Google things. I'll be like, what do you usually charge for this? If it's something, like, I got, uh, somebody wanted me to design a wedding invitation. And I had no idea where to even start. So I just Googled it, did my research, asked around to a few friends who have done it. Mm-hmm. And everyone's pretty, like, kind and open and about sharing 
of that thing because I'm the same way. Like, if somebody comes to me, like, how much would you charge for this? I'm going to be very open and, like, share that information, you know, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I usually charge Some this things it that. makes more sense to charge a flat rate for. Yeah, yeah. And some things it makes more sense to just charge an hourly rate because if the scale of the project is going to keep growing. Like, a tattoo can go. I know. It can and take I said, a long time and you don't want to lose money. Yeah, if there's changes, I'll charge more. I'll be like, okay, you get this many changes, five changes, but if we go over, I'll charge, like, $50 more per change or something. So that way, because I've had, I've just learned, I think. You it's lose just, money. If you yeah, because, no, I've just learned from, like, having a client give me, like, 20 changes, and I, like, never so change I my price. And I'm, like, wage. pulling my hair out, and I'm, like, I don't like this. <laughs> and now I'm, like, getting better at having boundaries with clients and being, like, okay, I don't need to, like, pull my hair out over this work. I can it's actually it becomes, enjoy it. Yeah, business and creativity. Yes, it's so much more fun. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Aileen Bennett. I'm talking with marketing and designer Brandy Cavett and artist illustrator Kayla Zeke. Kayla, you draw a lot of animals and things. Do you actually go out into the swamp to do that? Do you go and visit places? Oh, or? yeah. I'm like, I love Lake Martin. Lake Martin's one of my favorite places to go visit. And I'll, I mean, over the summer, I was going out there almost like once a week. And I'll, it's my recharge place. Like, I'll go out there and just rest or walk around and hang out until like sunset it just makes me feel at peace I'm like okay the world's all crazy but here for some reason I'm like okay everything's fine I feel like a child I feel like back to myself and I could kind of play and like explore um, and then I'll come back home and like okay I can work some more but yeah that's where my inspirations kind of come from. My friend's been trying to make me go down there and get in a kayak, and I'm just so clumsy. I'm just so afraid that I'm going <laughs> to flip over and, and the alley. Are you, do you kayak out there? Uh, I've done it, like, twice. And one time I did, like, kayak, and there was, like, an alligator, and it was doing this crazy move, making noises. And I was like, what's happening? I found out later it was, like, it's mating dance. I was like, I think it's trying to mate with me. <laughs> i got to get out of here. my greatest fear. I yeah. learned to paddleboard out there, which is really scary because, you, you know, you're going to fall off at some point. Swear to boat. It's going to come by and then a big wave yeah. and then I'm going to flip. And I'm, I'm no. so clumsy. So, Brandy, where do you get your inspiration? Because you work with lots of different clients. Do you do you take days off and go to the swamp or do you... No, I actually have a client. I've, all, I've never been to the... I've never even been... I, I mean, the closest I've ever been to the swamp is when you cross over it on I-10 and you're on your way to Baton Rouge. <laughs> uh, but, and I've always seen... That's how I've always viewed our swamp lands is because it's just like this beautiful part of your drive to Baton Rouge or New Orleans. And I love it. It's, it's wonderful. But I've never had the opportunity to go out. And I had a client... Um, Christine Freeman and, and them out at uh, Basin Landing uh, airboat swamp tours and they, they take you out on these these one and a half hour tours and they go into the woods and all these places that you just don't even know exist out here and it's so beautiful and that was super inspiring it helped me it helped inspire me to out on what colors I was going to use to make their logo and how I was going to frame up their website. But typically, I get most of my inspiration from you know annual trips to New York City. I like to see what's going on in big cities as far as advertising trends go, and you can just walk around. As much as I hate being in Times Square, I have to go every time I go because I like to look at where advertising is going and where commercial art is going. And like like the last time I went, the trend was towards a lot cleaner, a lot more white space. And I like seeing that. You see fonts when they first come out. You see, um, you know, trends in advertising come out first in these big cities. And so big cities are very inspiring to me. Same. Actually, I'm totally inspired by big cities. I like to travel quite a bit. And so that's where I get most of my inspirations too. Like in, in the past year, I'm going to New York and like going to the Met and I love going to every gallery I can find. I went to Portland and like went to all the galleries there and shops. So that's also inspiring me retail wise. I want to see what other shops are doing. Um, Nashville and like, and then I went to California for a while. So yeah, that that's a great 
way to be That was fired. the first thing I asked for when we went to L.A. I was like, show me where all the ads are. And yes. she was like, it's not like New York, Brandy. It's, they're not <laughs> everywhere. But she did bring me to the part of town where they had it. And I thanked her for that because that was really, that made my trip feel like, you know, I could I write it off. A, it was a work trip. Even when you're yeah, not exactly. working. Yeah, even when you're not working, you're working. working. You're working, you're working. You're, you're, you're working the all time. the time when That's you're like a creative. That's like my favorite thing, though. It is. It <laughs> yeah. is. So it makes it fun. Yeah. Kayla and Brandy, this is the part of the show that we call The Interview. Whether you've been on a job interview lately or you've been on the other side of the desk and had to hire people, there's been an interesting trend in the job interview. It consists of asking job applicants questions that test their ability to think through a problem and be creative. I have a list of 20 of these interview questions in front of me. I'm going to ask you each to pick a number between 1 and 20, and I'm going to ask you one of these questions, and let's just see what you make of it. Who wants to go first? You want to go? Okay. <laughs> they both pointed at I each know, other. I'm like, let me think. Um, let's go with 12. For 12. If I assembled three of your former supervisors in a room and asked them about you, what would they say about you that's not true? Maybe that, like, I'm super, super whimsical or, like, Is that not happy true? all the time. I mean, I, I totally am. <laughs> But, like, I feel like most times I don't reveal that I'm actually, like, a pretty intense person. <laughs> and I am deeply, like, emotional. And that's where, like, that's another aspect of me. And I, that I am a feeler. Um, and so that's something that maybe even my last supervisor probably doesn't know about me. Just because it's so professional. You and know? now you have your own business. Is it easier to be everything who you are in your own business than it used to be? And that's what I'm trying to get to. It's like I've always felt the need to be so whimsical and personable and like, I'm happy, I'm awesome, all the time. And then I noticed it in my life that I'm like, I would hide all this like, I'm deep and intense and I would go and recluse in my home alone and be like, oh, let me just feel my feelings. And I'm trying to bridge that gap because I think there is a need in the world to bridge those two things. It's like we don't have to just be this whimsical kind of person around each other. We can like, I can be myself. I can be deep and intense sometimes and I can bridge that gap. Not to say that I need to be like this brooding artist either, yeah. but I need to find that middle ground but between creativity that. comes from real feelings, whether yeah. they're fear or despair. It still yes, comes from those things. It does, but also that can be channeled into positive energy. It doesn't mean that I need to go complete opposite of whimsical and be like, oh, brooding all the time and like negative. I just take this energy you and this starve in an attic somewhere no, and be like, a real artist I'm like no <laughs> no I don't want to I want to be right in between those two things I want to be like happy-go-lucky pixie and I don't want to be brooding starving in an attic I want to be right in between you know like being myself I think you're doing pretty well Thanks. I'm so glad I didn't get that question <laughs> I know I was like that was okay. hard Brandy don't pick number 12 then <laughs> Brandy Is give it, me am I going to get the one about the penguin in the freezer <laughs> what <laughs> Give that to me just because. Freddie, pick a number. Uh, four. Number four. What did you have for breakfast? Ah, uh, I had a cold brew from Starbucks with no sugar or cream. It was just a venti cold brew, and it's only because I'm out of my Nespresso coffee at my office. I'm out, and I didn't have any. So, so if you I were talking to someone about working with them and that was their answer, what would you think about them from that answer? I would think why did you I don't um that's I think that's why I followed it up with (laughs) but I really am not an everyday Starbucks person I'm not but today I I really needed a cup of coffee because I knew I was coming here and so I think there's always a backstory that's that's the moral of the story there's always a backstory 
Yes. Don't assume that just because you've got... I think I would think, is she not organized to make breakfast? No, and I don't I don't eat breakfast. I'm not a breakfast person. It's it's not something that, that, that enhances my day in any way. It's really not. It makes Do me... You... I feel full and tired to start the day. And so I'm more of like a... I'll eat at like 12 o'clock. I'll eat a small meal, and then I'll cook something when I get home. So breakfast has always been sort of a... Just a... It's not, never been something up. Running your own company, you get to organize your day exactly mm-hmm. how you want it. Which I love. It's, it's, it's enhanced my creativity. I get way more done when I get to work at 9.30 and stay till 6 than I do when I get to work at 8. And I try. I tried for a long time just because of the guilty feelings that you get. Like, I'm so lucky to be able to work for myself. Uh, which you, you feel very differently about after you've done it for a while. But <laughs> uh, you feel very fortunate. And I'm not complaining. I love it. I love it. But... You, you feel like this guilt, like you still got to get to work at 8, and you can't you got to work till 5. You can't leave early if you're done with something. And that tends to go away once you've been in business. As long as you remember, you still had to be this productive, and you feel like I've been this productive. There today. are articles all the time that successful people get, get up at 5 a.m. I don't agree. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think that's for everyone. There's a lot of people who can live on four and five hours of sleep, too, and I'm not one of those people. So I feel like everything about my life got better when I was able to sleep until I was no longer tired. And then make it to my office. And I'm kind of a night person, so I stay up a little later. And this has allowed me to adjust, and it's been wonderful for my creativity. I, I'm creative yeah. right from when I walk in the door. Kayla, you had the chance to choose your own hours, and then you opened a retail store. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, why? No, but it's great, because uh, I used to teach. And I remember I had to get up at, like, 5.55 a.m. for carpool, like, every morning. And it was the worst. I'm sorry. like, I, And I loved teaching, but I hated getting up that early. I get up at three and I'd be like, I have to take a nap, and then like, and then I would wake up at five and I would start working on my stuff again. So it was just crazy. I'm so grateful. Like even my shop opens at eleven, so I have a whole morning. You know, I wake up at eight and I have to have a morning. I'm like, I'll you know take a shower, I'll make breakfast, I'll have coffee, I'll like sit by myself, play my guitar a little bit, and I'm like, okay, now it's time to walk to work and work on things. So yeah, I love it. And you live close enough to walk to work I know, as well. I get that to must walk be. To work. It's so fun. I'm like, I'm very European. <laughs> <laughs> my last job where I had to get up early, I would cry in the bathroom every morning, and my wife would walk in and she would say, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, <laughs> I know. I want to go to work this early. That's not early. a sign of a good work. It's not thing. fun. Was, I would cry. Like, it's exhausting. Not every day, but like once a week, I would just be like, I'm so tired. I'm still sleepy. I'm not, you know. But. Yeah. It's so, not for everybody. Kayla, you just mentioned playing the guitar. Is that something you'll ever do in public? Can you take the guitar to your store and do concerts while you're working? Possibly. I've played in public a few times. I played once at Black Pot Festival, and that was exciting um, with a band. We were called The Jams, um, and we did two songs. So it's like it's definitely like one something I really love, and I do it for myself, too, as another like artistic outlet, like we were talking earlier. Um, and one day I'd like to get to that point. I'm still like learning and luckily I have so many musician friends that are like helping me. I'll be, I'll show them a song and be like, what do you think of this? And they'd be like, try this or this harmony or try singing it this way. So, uh, maybe one day it's not something I'm totally like focused on, but I'm like, I would like to do that one day. We all know that the creative community business and just purely for fun is very strong in Lafayette. Do you think it's, that's why you stay here or is it just that you've never left? I don't know. I've and I've left so many times. Like I travel so much. I feel like, but I haven't found a place that I want to move to that's more than this. You know what I mean? I just haven't found that place yet. I might, but at the same time, I love it here, and I love cultivating this community and working with artists here and trying to make this place like 
just a wonderful place for artists and musicians to stay or come visit, you know? My most compelling reason for staying here, I think, is, is family. Um, I get creatively very jealous of, of New Orleans, and so I spend as much time as I can in New Orleans because I feel like I like that larger creative community. There's there's ten times more of everything in New Orleans, ten times more musicians, ten times more advertising and, bar, and, and bars to to listen to music in and, and restaurants to try and so I like for me it's perfect because I don't think I would want to live in New Orleans I don't I don't particularly think their government has served them very well over the years the citizens who you know pay these guys to do what they're supposed to do and they continuously let them down and so for me it's not about living in New Orleans but I like to go as often as I can because the creative energy in New Orleans is so powerful. Can you explain that term creative jealousy because I think everyone that works in in the arts in some form has it but to someone just in a normal business it sounds like a negative thing no, whereas it's, it's, it's not. It's not a, it's not a jealousy. It's, it's like I wish I could be there more often. I wish I could be there so often without having to live there because every time I am there something magical happens that inspires me and it's just because of the sheer volume of a big city well and it's also New Orleans is just kind of magical anyway. and all creative people are inspired by each other it doesn't mean we're copying each other but but there's more of us yes and so yeah. it feels you feel like you're with your people yeah I'm a musician and I'm a creative and so I feel like I'm with my people when I'm in New Orleans even though I don't want to live there I love living here I like the size of Lafayette I like the scale and I like the traffic better here you know but it is it's wonderful I think to be able to visit there and there's that joy when another creative person reveals a project they've been working on and you're so happy and at the same moment there's that pang that you didn't do that project but you know next week it's your turn to reveal yeah all the time I'm jealous of your work all the time I I wish I could draw as well as (laughs) as as Aileen so can we edit that to Kayla please (laughs) I'm a terrible illustrator Kayla and Brandy, thank you both for enriching the community and our lives. And thank you for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Kayla Zeke, artist and owner of the store Mateus Hand, and marketing designer Brandy Cavett, who works for Brandy Cavett Company. You can find out more about Kayla's art and Brandy's work by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Our technical producer is Eric Morell. Our researchers are Anne Christian and Ali Coates. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our website, itsacadiana.com, and on our It's Acadiana Facebook page. These photos were taken by Lucius A. Fontenot. You can find out more about Lucius at lafphoto.com. You can get this show and past shows as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. And you can find all of our podcasts at itsacadiana.com. You can also keep up with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you'll find those li- you'll find those links on our website, itsacadiana.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. I'm Aileen Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville in Lafayette. Cafe Vermilionville is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The Out to Lunch Acadiana theme music, Encore Monsieur, Nice Guy, is written by Mitchell Foreman and performed by Mitchell Foreman and Andre Michaud. Out to Lunch Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana and Dustin Ortego from The Opportunity Machine. 
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Pinhook near Cali's Saloon. Wyndham Garden Lafayette is a pet and family-friendly hotel with reception space for large and intimate events, free parking, free Wi-Fi, and a free shuttle within three miles that includes the airport and downtown restaurants.